Hi everyone, welcome to the ASB podcast, where we bring you the most extraordinary and unconventional people in our ASB community. Today, I have the team from the coaching and counseling. That's Michelle, Rose, and Penny. Our coaching and, and counseling services provides us in our community with the professional and personal tools to achieve our goals. Today, we will be discussing imposter syndrome. You know, Michelle, I recall at my first class um, during, my, the, during the MBA, we had a Zoom class, it was during the, the pandemic, and I was surrounded, I see um, about 30, 40 faces of the brightest, most talented people. I read the bio tables, these people are all superstars, and I had this feeling that, wow, do I belong here? Um, do, do I really fit into this class? Would you consider that imposter syndrome? Michelle? Most definitely, Norris. Um, and it's not just yourself, it's I think everybody, you know, all of us have gone through imposter syndrome at some point in our life, right? Um, and it's not just students, it's the it, top executives, actors, sports people, they all suffer from it. Um, at some point where they doubt themselves, right? They ask themselves, am I really good enough? Do I deserve to be here? Even Tom Hanks, Lady Gaga, Sheryl Sandberg, they went through it as well. And think about, you know, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. When they first became champions um, in the tennis world, they too asked themselves, should I be here? Do I deserve to be here? And that's completely uh, normal. And a lot of that comes from um, really questioning uh, your place, in society, a place in the community, and who you are, and your own self-image and self-confidence, really. Yeah. Um, maybe share with us from your experience, um, imposter syndrome in its, I don't know if there's a best case, that maybe that's the wrong thing to use, but in its minus, in the minor form, and in its worst form, how does it affect, you know, just psychologically a person's well-being and, and their performance? in, for example, an MBA program, you mentioned Roger Federer in a job, in a profession, in talent. Yeah, so, you know, when, when I coach students, right, a lot of times right in the beginning, um, why, why do you come to do an MBA? A lot of times it's actually the watershed time in your life where you're trying to figure out what's next, right? And when you're figuring out what's next, some of the questions that can come up are, what am I doing here? Why am I doing the, this? Where am I going after this? And when you sit in a room like you rightly say, Norris, with a whole bunch of smart people, you start to question as well, um, do I really fit in here? Should this be where I'm supposed to be? And all the students come from different backgrounds. Some have a more, um, you know, have worked for quite a number of years. Others have worked for fewer years. And, you know, different industries as well, right? in the sense that some have a more quantitative background, others have worked in um, jobs that require a lot less uh, quants, maybe coming from maybe um, you know marketing or sales. So when you come to this and you find that you're at different skill levels um, from your course mates, you might start to question, um, are they better than me? Um, am I uh, good enough to pass this MBA? So that's where the sense of imposter syndrome comes in. And when we ask you as well, right, who are you and where are you going to go after this, then there might also be that moment where you start to recap and say, oh, I'm not sure, right? And should I even be asking this? Why did I leave my job to come put myself in a place where I'm not sure what's next? 
So I would say it's most paralyzing um, when you don't take the time to actually understand where this is coming from, right? So some people just sail through life without asking themselves really deep questions and asking themselves like, what do I really think of myself? What are my strengths? What are the, my weaknesses? They don't do a SWOT analysis of themselves. So when you don't do a SWOT analysis on yourselves, when you start to, when your confidence starts to get shaken, when you start to see people who are smarter or cleverer than you, or when you're given roles, for example, I've coached senior managers who have said to me, oh, Michelle, I don't deserve to be head of, you know, um, say head of uh, um, corporate development, or I don't deserve to be COO, you know, why have they put me here? If you've never done a SWOT analysis on yourself, you can always be put in a position where you feel like it's too much for you to handle right at that moment. And when that happens, it can be paralyzing, you know, it can cause you to lose confidence, it, it can sometimes make you quit, right? And then a few times when students say, oh, I'm just going to leave this MBA, I'm going to quit because I'm not good enough to, to pass this exam, it's all too much, um, everybody's smarter than me, and, you know, I, I, I don't deserve to be here. So I think in the worst case, you just give up. Right, and you don't even take the time to acknowledge what you're feeling. Um, you just stay in that dark hole and just feel bad about yourself, and then you just give up and say, "Look, I'm just pulling myself out of the situation where I'm uncomfortable." In the best case scenario, and this is what I would encourage everyone to do, is to actually just say, "Okay, why am I feeling like this? Right? Why am I feeling so afraid? Why am I feeling so lost? Uh, why do I feel like everyone's better than me?" And when you start to do that, you can start to question you know, um, what you're good at, what you're not so good at, and then to actually examine um, some of your deepest fears. Is there something you're taking with you from the past which you feel is uh, holding you back right now? Is it a fear of failure? Because if we don't embrace some of our fears, then we cannot question why we feel so out of place in a certain place. So in the best case scenario, it's having that self-awareness to discover why we're feeling like this and then taking steps to help ourselves get out of this hole and to actually um, objectively look at ourselves, look at our strengths, look at the opportunities around us and look at how we can build ourselves up so we're no longer imposters um, but we're actually ready to take up the new challenges ahead of us. Awesome. So I'm actually recalling, as you're speaking about all of this, I recall an incident. I don't know if Rose recalls. Um, we were doing um, some career development work, and I, we had to work on our CVs. And um, I was paired up with Rose, and my CV was all over the place. And I asked her, I just told her, Rose, I need your help aligning this thing. It's not working well and, and whatnot. And um, Rose took that thing and she chopped it up and, and did it within seconds. And I remember feeling, this girl is so brilliant. She's such a brilliant person. Um, I want to maybe find out. I'm sure maybe that was part of my imposter syndrome, you know, comparing in a weird way I compared myself with her. But I want to know with you, Rose, as brilliant as you are, what was your experience with imposter syndrome? I mean, you say I'm brilliant. I don't think the same, right? I think imposter syndrome gets uh, gets to everyone, actually. I, on the other hand, the way I experienced it was, I came from a legal background, right? In terms of education background, I would say, okay, I came from an all right place. But in terms of experience, like you mentioned earlier, you've been through everyone's bio tables, right? And you see, like, oh, damn, everyone's got more experience than I do. 
what position am I in to be a leader in the future, you know? And on top of that, I'm pivoting from a legal career to a corporate, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Corporate space. Space, yeah. Yes. So, it's a little bit awkward for me in that sense because I don't know what kind of qualities I have and what kind of skills I possess that I could translate from the legal industry to the corporate space. So, in that sense, I face a lot of imposter syndrome myself. I don't know what is it that I do better than my peers or rather, do I even do anything better than any of them? That's... Yeah, so that's what I've experienced. So when you say I'm brilliant, I'm like, are you sure? I don't you, think so. You, so. Well, you also had doubts. I had a lot of doubts. And then on the other on the other part of it, you know, me being your classmates, mm-hmm. um, Penny comes across as the most confident public speaker that you'll ever meet. For me, it's like being in a room with um, what's that guy's name? Tom uh, Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. <laughs> She's our own Tony Robbins. Those who know Penny. Penny can take your energy from zero to hero. Yeah. I cannot imagine that you've ever had imposter syndrome, Penny. Yeah, I think this will relate to my first executive coaching session with yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Same like Norris and Rose, I think when I first came into this MBA, like what Michelle was mentioning just now, um, we are here to build the, the best version of ourselves that we are not known yet. Mm. Okay? And... When I look at the same thing, we all went through the bio table exercise. So now I wonder, is it an MBA? Is it an MBA journey that everyone will just get to know everyone just through bio table first? And that form a very fixated uh, mental model in our in my mind as well. Because I came from a, a entrepreneurial background, and I I when I was looking at all those bio table, and I found myself misfit, and I was crying. Yes, literally crying, I think the first week. Wow, Penny crying? Yeah, I went through the immersion. I talked to Michelle. I mean, I teared up with Michelle in just 45 minutes and I say, what am I, what, sorry, I'm just going to use the word, what the hell am I doing here? Do I really need an MBA? Why do I invest myself into this way? I think, it was just one week actually, but I felt like, am I really in this game? I do have that doubtful moment where I have conversation with myself and doubting like, why am I here? But the journey is not even halfway, but now we are halfway through the journey. And yeah. I really found very uh, useful session when I when I had the first executive coaching session with, with Michelle. And she asked, she asked me to, I remember the, the homework that, that she has given me to help me to overcome, you know, that journey in the yeah. very beginning is the live chart exercise. It's like yeah. when I look back to my own accomplishment you know sometimes we tend to also like we use a lot of words like comparing ourselves but where does all this comparison comes from then i realize it's actually from my own referencing point because Mm. at that point that's everyone knows different thing everyone really had a unique journey that Mm. that we landed in this mba and we wanted to find out the best version of ourselves and i think imposter syndrome is just am i being aware of i have this yeah or every time when we try something new, it pushes me out from my own comfort zone. I think imposter syndrome is the, the symptom that tells me that, hey, I'm here to learn. Mm. And it's okay, I feel this way. Mm. I think it's the it's not okay to it's okay moment. It's mm. okay that I feel that I'm not strong in quant. To be honest, yes, I'm not from, uh, like what Michelle said, the quant background. I have been in training and people development industry. Quant for me is new. And I found it 
challenging. So when I when I found something I'm not doing as good as others, like Excel, for example, mm. I felt myself, oh my god, in any assignment, I felt like, am I not being contributed as other because I'm not good in this? But that doesn't mean I'm not good in any other thing. Mm. But we used to use one, you know, what what is that word? Um, it's like. We, we are not good in just one space, but that doesn't mean we are not good in... In, all, in other areas. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think here Michelle can provide us with so many tools and frameworks that can especially help high-achieving people having this, having this impulsive syndrome moment in our, yeah. in our life. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's some great insight, Penny. Yeah. Um, she mentioned that she did some executive um, coaching and you gave her homework. Can you imagine more, more homework on top of what we already get? But maybe we can discuss a little bit other tools. When we come from such, um, you know, at the beginning of the program, it's such an insecure space and it's such an insecure feeling, right? And we, we don't know anything. So you're just faced with a lot. So maybe if we had tools at the beginning, and then we could also maybe discuss some tools on how we can keep maintaining and building up that, um, I'd say, maybe confidence in ourselves in our new role, in this new role that we find ourselves in. And then maybe even a tool for later, later on in life, like what you should, a mantra or something that you should live by when it comes to taking leadership positions or coming into something new in your life. Yeah, so thank you, Penny and Rose. You know, um I think you you nailed it um, by sharing your experiences. It can be um, overwhelming at the beginning of anything new that you start with, right? Um, in a job, at school, you know, even in a relationship, right? It can be overwhelming. And the beauty about imposter syndrome, and I think that we can take away good things from this as well, is that it pushes us to reconsider ourselves, to reconsider... Um, who we are, right? In the sense that, for example, if we continue, like I said before, like just selling, sailing through life as it is, then we can get complacent and we can stick in our comfort zone, right? And sometimes when we're in our comfort zone, we don't stretch ourselves. And when we don't stretch ourselves, we don't question ourselves. But the minute we start to stretch ourselves, we take the MBA, we take the new job, we step into a new relationship, no matter how frightening it is, no matter how fearful we are, um, just stretching yourself and putting yourself out there allows you to grow. But just remember, before you go from comfort to growth, there are two extra steps along the way. There's um, insecurity, there's pain, there's uncertainty, right? Which is the one of the first steps that after pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. And the other one is then learning. I'm fearing this, I'm afraid... Um, I'm not good enough, etc. But then you say, okay, what can I do so that I'm no longer afraid? What can I do to bring myself up to the level that I need to be in? And that's when learning happens. And when you allow yourself to learn, when you allow yourself to pick up new skills, um, new um, mindsets, um, build that confidence, that's when you get to growth later on, right? So you can't get from complacency or comfort to growth immediately. You need to put yourself through that, um, a little bit of that fear and that learning and then you get to growth. So one of the skills I think um, when trying to help people um, to get to growth is just by helping them to reframe the way they think, right? To understand that there's no competition. It's not you competing against your peers, actually. It's just you um, trying to be the best that you can be for yourself. 
So if you think of the world as constantly being a place where you need to compete with others, you'll always fall short because there'll always be someone who's going to be better than you. Always, right? So if we constantly look at it like that, um, then we're always going to feel insecure. Um, instead, why don't we look at it and say, how can I be better than I was before, right? And when you look at it like that, you look at it as an opportunity to constantly grow, right? And it can be very, very motivating when you say, for example, reframe and acknowledge um, the gaps and then look forward to the future and say, this is where I want to go. And the other key thing I think when you're reframing is to then say to yourself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this just to prove to the world um, that I'm good enough or am I doing this to prove to me that I'm good enough, right? And when you can show yourself that you're good enough and this requires you building confidence on a step-by-step -step level, then you don't need the whole world to, to pat you on the back. You know, external validation, a lot of people feel imposter syndrome because they need external validation. They need people to pat them on the back and say, look, um, uh, you deserve this job, uh, you deserve this relationship, you deserve to be where you are. But the minute you start to believe in yourself, you can self-validate. And when you can self-validate, a lot of that imposter syndrome goes away. But you can only self-validate if you know why you're doing this and where you need to go. So reframing your mindset needs to be, I'm not just comparing and competing with the world and the, the um, standards that society has put on me. I'm doing this because I have a very clear vision and purpose of where I want to go and what I want to do. So if you, for example, say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this MBA because I want to do something bigger in the future. I want to contribute to society. I want to develop a new product. I want to help more people, right? Then that vision will be able to give you the drive to push away any of the self-doubts that you have because you have a clear goal ahead of you. So reframing your thoughts from just um, living up to society standards and actually understanding why you're doing something can really help you get over the hurdles of fear and doubt. Awesome. So, you know, just on the back of that, so just a reminder, so it's reframing, acknowledging, and self-validating, if we were to put it in, in a, in, in a three-step. Now, I know that our career and uh, our coaching and counseling department is always here for the students, and uh, we always want to make sure that... Um, you know, we get the psychological and emotional support that we need. Um, maybe you could, because uh, this is a student podcast, you could maybe um, give a little um, shameless plug to where you guys are, um, how, how, they can, how they can find you, and, uh, and the like. Yes, you can find us. Um, at the moment we're moving offices <laughs> so it's, but you can find us on the fourth floor um, of um, ASBA ASPA uh, building um, but we're also moving uh, our office to ASBR soon um, you can also find us um, at our SharePoint site um, the coaching and counseling services site and you can always just um, email and whatsapp us and drop us a note to say hey can we have a conversation because you know i'd like to talk about where i want to go and what i want to do and you know um, these conversations i think 
are so, so critical because as much as you're growing here academically, um, as much as you're growing here and trying to build your resume, don't forget this journey, this two-year journey that you, you're embarking on is also a journey of self-discovery and growth, right? For your, your personal growth for yourself as well. If you want to go out there and like you said, Norris, and be that kind of leader um, that's going to inspire people, you need to be inspired yourself, right? And, you know, uh, you, you, you can build up as much sharp skills as you want and I know continuously support um, that learning there. But if you still lack the confidence, you're never going to be able to apply it to the best of your abilities. Yeah, true. You need to be you need to grow personally, you need to grow, understand who you are, understand your purpose, understand your values, and then go out there in the world and lead in the way you're supposed to lead. And taking time to have these conversations, taking time to examine your life and examine who you are, I think um, is so so precious. And a lot of times um, when people don't do it, when they think it's a waste of time, it's because they're actually afraid to look in the mirror, mm. because they're afraid of what they see. Because then again, they might say, oh, I'm an imposter, I'm not good enough, what, I'm doing, what am I doing here? Yeah. So courage is not um, being, well, courage or bravery is not uh, doing something because you're brave, right? Courage is doing something in spite of the fact that you're afraid of it, yeah. right? So even if you're afraid to look in the mirror, even if you're afraid to ask yourself those difficult questions, do it because now's the time, right? You've yeah. taken two years out of your life, invested in this MBA, and you can invest it in your own personal development and growth as well. Yeah. On that point, uh, Michelle, Rose, Penny, thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all for today. Join us next week when we bring you another unconventional and extraordinary insightful conversation from our community um, until then have a great day